get my nom 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 on with the my top chicks and we will eat on eat on the weekly dish Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Yo. Yo. This weekly is Dish, yo. the part of the show where we get to the top two an hour two. But, but before we do that, yeah. this poor Sonny over there, I didn't give her a warning and yeah. she's waiting to hit the sounder. We're going to answer the question about candy. Yeah. So, I, I not to usurp you, but I do think wild rice is good. <laughs> wild rice is great. And, and why is it great? Because nobody knows what it is. They don't. You don't see it. And I mean, it is a northern Minnesota produced thing. And I mean, yes, you, it grows in other places, but specifically, especially the beautiful black rice, you know, that is collected by hand, harvested by Native Americans in the north of Minnesota, is something that is completely uniquely ours. So, and I think that's it. And it's got a great story. You know, it's got heritage and it's delicious. And if you cook it like a porridge, you should definitely put on a recipe to cook like a wild rice porridge. Oh, that is like a risotto porridge recipe. No, no, no. That's like a sugary. I'm you're thinking porridge as far as like a breakfast porridge. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. And this actually ties into what I'm about to talk about on top two and R two, but porridge as a savory thing, like a, like a savory, warm, porridge so how would we make a we're gonna wild talk rice. about that okay we're gonna talk about so that but so let's wild talk rice about. and then for candy yep you're traveling so maybe chocolates aren't the best so we were thinking annie b's caramels are produced here locally we were thinking pearson's um nut rolls mm-hmm. which would definitely travel well and those are made in minnesota um we had a couple of other things that we talked about we talked about just uh, going to El Burrito, perhaps, and getting like a bunch of Mexican candies yep. from them, because that's always fun and something unique and different. So there you go. Candies. There it is. Candies. Candies, candies, candies. Oh, and I want to say one other one. Thomasina's peanut brittle yeah. is delicious. Yeah. And it is locally produced, and you can find it at Season Specialty Foods. You can also find it at the Golden Fig. Um. She's a lovely woman who makes a delicious brittle. Boom. It's cashew brittle, I think. It is. It's so I think good, she though. has a few different brittles. Yeah, yum. Love yeah. her brittle. Every time I see it, I eat it. Yeah. Okay, so that leads us to, and Sonny. Hit it up, girl. Top two an hour, two lady. Give him the old one, one, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents. One, two, top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two with him, with him, with him. All right, this is the part of the show where we tell you two things we're obsessing about in the last week. Steph, you want to start? Sure. Your first one is so funny because I sent this recipe to Elizabeth. Listen, here's what happened. So it's the carbonara lasagna that has been all over Bon Appetit site. Best part is, so Elizabeth talked a lot about carbonara last week, and I had three different people be like, can you possibly, I'm like, "Eh, can you listen to the show and listen to how she says it, because it's kind of important to listen to her technique. And then, uh, so I see this carbonara lasagna come up online, and I sent it to her. She goes, you were so funny. Hanson sent me that three seconds ago. (laughs) And I was like, that's amazing! Because I saw it, and I was like, oh, Bernie loves carbonara. She might like this, too. Oh, my God. But you guys, this carbonara lasagna, I feel like this might have to go down today. I've already made the quinoa lasagna, you know, which I'm pushing 
Foundation for Health in the house right now and uh, to battle all the colds and everything else coming around. And But I don't know, man. I This pasta, with it's basically these beautiful sheets of pasta with pancetta and they've got ricotta fontina parmesan, heavy cream in there. And she's layering them and putting them. And then there's this beautiful, like, there's like four eggs on top. I just don't know what to not do with this. I'm just going to put it in my face. I'm so excited. I think that sounds delicious. I know. And like on a rainy, listen, people, on a rainy, ewy day like today, I feel like this should be a thing. I think it should be a thing. Yeah. So All that's right. carbonara lasagna and you and I with our group think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's good. It's, it's good. super good. Are you kidding me? I saw that picture and I thought of you, but then I also thought about Bernie because she loves Elizabeth's carbonara. Yeah, she and I does. Was like, maybe this would be a and new way to present it. It was the first thing that she made in her new kitchen. So that's a big thing for, and I still am looking for pictures of you guys on her, about her kitchen. I've seen her stove, but I can't wait. Yeah. Um, is she going to do a big kitchen reveal? I think so. Okay. And that leads me to a totally random thought that I just want to say it out loud. Say it. We're thinking about remodeling our kitchen again. Oh God. Because <laughs> I don't like the kitchen I have. Yeah. Even though we remodeled it. You did. When we moved in. You remodeled it. We kind of half remodeled it. Like we made it so that it would be up to my standards. We got new appliances. We painted it. We got new countertops that I've always hated. And that was what we did. And that's not cheap. That's like, you know, a 20 right. grand fix. Yeah. And we've decided that if we're going to stay in this house, which was a big if. Yeah, because you were thinking about moving again. We might. But I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to stay here, I want the kitchen I want again, and I'm going to redo it. Okay. So that's another it's a discussion part of your life. for another You should day. have it. Yep. Yeah, because right. I just, like, it's the only room in my house I even care about, to be honest. That and my bed. No, if the next house I have will be all kitchen. That's it. I just want a giant kitchen and yeah. a place to put a table if we can all eat. That's it. And then there'll be, like, a bedroom. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I care about the bed. I don't need bed. anything else. And, like, a closet. That's yep. it. Yep. That's all you need. All right. What's your first one? All right. So... I did something this morning based on Bradley Trainer's picture on Instagram, which I don't do very often, but he posted a picture of a beautiful display of dahlias. Oh. And he said, I'm so glad I got the Hoffa Farmer's Market flower share. And I was like, Hoffa, oh, that must be the Hamong, Hmong, sorry, not Hamong. The Hmong American Farmers Association mm-hmm. has a CSA. And as part of the CSA, they have a fall flower share. Cool. So I go and I research it and I can't get a CSA in the summer anymore because we're not home. Oh, right. But I'm home in the fall. So October 13th, so you still have time, people, is the first installment of the fall Hmong Farmer Share. Oh. You can get just for fall. So it goes like October 13th through the middle of November. It'll be like all your fall vegetables, right? Your cabbages, your roots, your fruits, your herbs. And then... It also, they have an optional flower share that you can add on. So for $30, $32 a week, $20 for my fall produce, and $12, no, it's $32 for my flowers, I am getting a fall farm share. Wow. And I'm excited about it because I really liked getting, I think getting a farm share is awesome. If you don't grow anything yourself or you are home in the summer, getting a farm share just like forces you to cook. And it makes you get creative and you learn more about different produce and what's seasonal. So I signed up this morning for the fall farm share 
and for the fall flower share. Uh, I'm just going to say, just because I dipped into the site, they have a Thanksgiving yes, vegetable share, which is include 15 veggies. That's just going to come from November 17th. There's like, the, you just, you go one day, you go one day, you, you get, get it. all your, you get all your stuff. veggies and you can get Stop a, it. you can get a turkey. I see that they also have a, you can order your, okay, listen up. This Thanksgiving vegetable share is 50 bucks and you get 15 veggies. This is brilliant. And you get to add on turkey if you want. And you can add a turkey to it. From what's the... Ferndale Market. Thank you, because I was going to say farmland and I knew that wasn't right. No, 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 no. This is amazing. This is amazing. And you go pick it up and there's a number of locations. You can pick it up at the Good Acre. I'm going to pick mine up at the Mississippi Market on West 7th. But they have Minneapolis stops too, both St. Paul and Minneapolis. Yep. So I'm going to put that right on the website right that's now. That's my top two. Okay. That's uh, for your first my one. first one because I signed up. Okay. Uh, my second one is going to be um, so it's the porridge situation. Let's talk about porridge. Okay. I feel like we congeed your face off last winter. I know. And I just started congeeing again. Basically. And can you explain what congee is right. and what porridge is? Uh, okay. Well, I mean. I don't know what the... Okay, so kanji is basically rice. Isn't it white? Specifically white rice? No. Okay. Did you see my picture? No. Um, it is... I'm just pushing this up here. Uh, so, okay. Kanji is, is usually a breakfast item. And it's a warm sort of rice porridge. Basically, you cook rice with as, so much water that it breaks it down so that it's not like... You know how when you get rice and it absorbs it? Yep. There's so much water that it doesn't absorb it. You know, so it breaks down. And so then it becomes sort of soupy. And so you get this sort of glutinous, but it's kind of creamy uh, way of of rice. It's almost like, again, I think about, you know, risottos and things like that, you know, where you you kind of give small amounts until it absorbs it. This is the opposite. This is just like letting it have a lot of water. So, for instance, my instant pot kanji is pretty easy. It's one cup of rice and seven cups of water. And I put that all together in the instant pot and I put it on for 15 minutes and then we're there. We're going now. Using a jasmine rice is kind of where you want to go with it. Um, that breaks down the easiest, and then you get a lovely, creamy, you know, white rice thing. But I used this last week forbidden rice, which is black rice, and that takes a little bit longer. I actually put it back in the instant pot for another, you know, seven minutes. I think after because it was a little bit harder to break down and it was just as beautiful but basically what you're getting is a porridge right and so for me a savory porridge you know i'm not a huge sweet thing but also i want it for dinner like i want as much as i want a risotto i want congee or something like that so porridge so i found this recipe for because i'm i'm good with my congee right but there's something else there's kind of another level and i found this dashi porridge rice porridge which dashi is a broth that you make with kombu which is a seaweed i'm going to put all this up so you don't have to worry about tracing these words i'm saying but it's more of like a rich broth that you make from seaweed and then you kind of you you kind of let it go on the stovetop and you make this porridge but so my whole theory is this winter i feel like i'm going to get real porridgey and i'm going to do it with wild rice because i don't want there's plenty of monoman porridge which is about Wild rice and breakfast and cream. Fruit. But I'm thinking, how can I take this into the savory thing? And the thing I want to do ever is put pork on it, crack an egg over it. You know, all those kind of things. How can I get there? So I'm telling you that I'm on a porridge project. She's giving us a a primer. Yeah. So I'm going to have a porridge primer. I'm going to put up this this beautiful porridge that they have from, um, you know, from Bon Appetit, which shows you also how to make congee uh, or with dashi. And then we're going to go from there. So if you're with me on the ride, I'm just saying it's going to be a really warm and comforting ride. Yum. Yeah.
Uh, I will quickly wrap up by saying it is Heather's pie class time. Top two, take her class. Yes. Kurt, is his birthday's coming up. And I said, what do you want for your birthday? He said, I want you to make me an apple pie. Oh. So I took Heather's pie class last season. It was a great class. You learn how to make a pie. You get a rolling pin. She gives you her secret pie ingredient. And I'm also going to put up uh, Fine Cooking's How to Make an Apple Pie because it's a great primer. It goes through every single step. It's pie season. Pie season. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Russell uh, Klein from Meritage talking about Oyster Fest when we come back. Do you need a PPC for your AC ASAP? Say that five times fast. That's a peak performance check for your air conditioner to make sure it's handling this summer heat. At Aquarius Home Services, we know your AC has been working really hard. It's been a hot summer with more hot days yet to come. For only $29, get a peak performance check and get the most from your AC this summer. Stay cool and worry-free with a $29 PPC on your AC. We're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, guess what? We are being joined in studio by Chef Russell Klein from Meritage. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. We are here. You are here to talk about the ninth annual Oyster Fest. Can you believe it's Hard been to believe. Crazy, nine years? Yeah. I can't believe Since it. the first time I held a little, uh, 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 an oyster aloft and kind of played the game. Yeah, the first year we did it, we weren't sure anybody would come. And right. Now, I don't know, we're expecting close to a thousand people. Right. I hope they come because we got 22,000 oysters Talk showing up. Talk about Yum. that. How do you get 22,000 oysters here? Um, by plane. By plane. Like they, <laughs> they don't walk here, yeah. right? No. Um, it's, you know, it's always nerve-wracking ordering that many oysters. Yeah. It's hard to believe we go through. I think our top year, we did about 25,000. Get out. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible to me. I did the math once. It's like an oyster every, like seven seconds or something for eight hours oh my god yeah well the guys and the people who shuck them are incredible you know you always have like such a great raft of people back there just shucking away yeah it's the whole meritage team and then we're we're really lucky we've got i think 25 or 30 volunteers or something this year uh if you want to volunteer we're still taking more volunteers you're taking more volunteers yeah you get a gift certificate a t-shirt yeah you sign up on our website or or give us a call but uh, it's a fun day and uh, it's a great way to get in and then you get to come to the after party the after party is the point that's good there's yes. there's a few oysters at the after party i would a think. few oysters at the after party <laughs> and in nine years we've only had one broken bone so it's all oh good. that's really yeah. lucky nine <laughs> years okay let's and obviously this is next sunday the 13th sunday the 13th of october and you, there are sti- there are tickets still there are tickets available tickets. the uh the vip all you can eat tickets have sold out um but there are oyster passes available for 60 dollars. they come with a dozen oysters um, or you can do a general admission ticket and and, and kind of go a la carte for twenty five bucks. Pay as you go, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's live music all day with the Southside Aces and Those May guys, Simpson. They're, great. they're so great. Yeah, I love them. I yeah, know. they've been here every year. They're sort of the house band for Oyster Fest, yeah. and uh, they've got that great New Orleans style they and the jazz. And and then May Simpson, you know, she she rocked the house last year, so we're bringing her back. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Fun. So let's talk about what's different this year because there's something special this year. Yeah, we're super excited. We've got uh, the author Rowan Jacobson coming. So Rowan literally wrote the books on on oysters. Um, I feel like everything I know about oysters, I learned from his book. He's kind of the from visiting guru. a farm that he told me to go visit. So, <laughs> um, so I really feel like I owe most of what I know to, uh, about oysters. He to was Rowan. the inspiration why you guys put in the oyster bar. He was, yeah, absolutely. And so we've been trying to get him for a few years. This year, we're super excited. He's actually flying straight from Croatia to get here. 
of the day, he's there working on, on a truffle book. I was like, there's no truffles. oysters in Croatia, are there? No, no. Yes. Are there? Are there? A ton. Oh. I have been to the oyster shoals in Croatia and eaten them right out of the water. Well, I, I think this is going to have to be some market research then. I We're going to have to take this a trip crazy, to Croatia. Yeah. yeah, that's, oh, that's amazing. Cool. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know Mussels that. and oysters, a lot of them. Well, awesome. they are. It's such a, yeah, it's such a maritime mm-hmm. state, you know, that's true. So, okay, what is, and so he's going to come and so, what is he going to so do? So Rowan's going to be here. He's going to be teaching a couple of seminars um, about oysters and specifically oysters and, and wine pairings. Oh. Um, William Feve uh, Chablis, one of the great uh, producers in, in Chablis in France, is, is one of our sponsors. Um, and he'll be talking about their wines and oysters and how they all come together. Um, we'll be focusing on the five species of oysters and how oysters are the different cultivation and, and different areas that they're raised impact the flavor of the oysters. God, that is cool. You know what's cool that I just heard about? I don't know if you know about this, Russell, but apparently in New York, people are giving their oyster shells restaurants after they've used them back to like this conservancy. Yeah, yeah the Billion Oyster Project. Yeah. So, so you know, New York Harbor... Um, um, there's a great book about New York Harbor called The Big Oyster um, by Mark Kalansky, I think it is. Oh, Kalansky yeah, is it's great. it's a great book. Yeah. And, and, and he paints in the opening chapters this incredible, vibrant picture of what New York Harbor was like when, when you know, settlers first came there. Yeah. Just, it was this abundant estuary that it's hard to picture now. No, you can't. But there were massive oyster shoals yeah. there. Um, and, of course, those were depleted in the 1800s. But... They've started a program bringing the oysters back because oysters are filter feeders. They, they are. They clean yeah. the water they where they are. They clean it. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the steps that they've taken to clean the water in New York Harbor, which is really coming back strong. There's a lot more marine life there now. Oh. Which is, which is and great. they feel like with these oysters that if they continue to do this and it continues to succeed, that the water will self-filter every three days on its own. Yeah. yeah. Oysters filter a gallon of water an hour. Each <sighs> oyster. Each so, oyster. You, know, you put a few million oysters in in a bay, and, yeah. and and you know that's a few million gallons an hour that they're that they're filtering. filtering. Is that cool? That is very cool. Yeah. So um, restaurants all over New York have been collecting their their used shells and and they dump them back into the harbor, and those create a place where that the oyster spat, the little yep. bite baby microscopic oysters can land, can seed exactly. Yeah. And once the oyster, oyster lands, it never moves again. That's it until a human or some some animal or something moves it. Um, so that's their life. Um, so they throw like these, these shells on the bottom and it kind of gives them a place for the oyster beds to kind of regenerate. To regenerate. Yeah. Wow. This is exciting stuff. I mean, this is, you know, I think that people are more, they don't, they think of oysters as an elite food. They used to think of, I think. And I think sure. now there's a lot more people who are kind of, you know, understanding that it's not, you know, a luxury item necessarily. It doesn't have to be. No, the history of oysters is that they were super cheap and abundant. Yeah. You know, Oyster you, stew you, at you, Christmas Eve. Right. Yeah. And you could buy them, you know, a dozen for a couple of pennies. Back, back in the day, um, you know, sort of like lobster. We yeah. think of lobster as, as a as a as a as a know, luxury food. food. No. In, in its history, it was it was fed to prisoners. To in, prisoners, in, in, I you know. Can you stand um, it? They were like the that. bugs. Right. Well, they still are the bugs. <laughs> Big <laughs> bugs. They're um, giant bugs. So you know, oysters nowadays are are highly cultivated, and and there's a lot that goes into them. So they're not, you know, they were really inexpensive when they were wild and just sort of you know go find them and grab them nowadays because there's so much put into them they are a little bit more expensive and because we're in the middle of the country here um the biggest cost that we bear for oysters is in the freight is in the ship yeah you know i always say the only people who make money on oysters are delta or it's not the oyster farmers it's really not the restaurants you know but that middleman in the you know, they always get their cut. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. So let's talk about oyster newbies. You get a lot of oyster newbies who come to Oyster Fest. Yeah, we get a fair amount. You know, 
it, obviously, if you're an oyster lover, it's a great event for you. But maybe your your friend or your, your spouse or whatever isn't into oysters. We've got all sorts of non-oyster food for you. Yeah. So we do a pig roast, and there's um, there's a lot of grilled seafood, lobster tails, and you know we're doing crab boils and stuff like that. But then there's you know there's burgers and brats and wings, all sorts of non-oyster food for yeah for for people who for whatever reason don't like oysters. We don't understand those people, but we <laughs> but, but, but we're certainly we here to accommodate them. But you know they're out there, right? But it, the, what's great too is that you can sort of learn. You can get your oyster and you can talk to the people who are there and you can say, "Tell me about the oyster. Like what is in the differences between kind of like you know like a small Kumamoto versus." Versus, you know, like a balan. Right. Well, you know, there are five species of oysters. Those are two of them, the balans and the kumamotos, um, uh, ones that we don't see all that often, yeah. actually, especially the balans. We'll have all five species there on Sunday, so you can really get a chance to, to, to see them all. Um, we'll also have farms from both coasts, which yeah. is really the fun part. That's um, what I think is cool, is talking to the farmers and learning about how they do. Right. So this year we've got Hama Hama. They've been here every year, right. and they'll be back again this year. They I only talk. know about those oysters because of you. Well, thank you. Yeah, when I was at your place, and you asked, like, they're like, get the Hamahamas if you can. They're so great. We still have them. They actually have family in the St. Paul yeah. area, which mm-hmm. is kind of what brings them here every year. Yeah. They're, they're happy. They, they do a visit with their family and can, can come visit us, too. So it's kind of cool. Um, and then what's really, uh, another fun farm this year, we've got Glacier Point from Alaska. Right oh. Now. So um, this is a farm we've been buying from for five or six years now directly. Um, they could walk in here right now. I wouldn't recognize them. I've never met them. It's an entirely text relationship. I'm super excited. To, oh, this is going to gonna be fun. To, yeah, have some here. beers. Yeah, and so uh, they'll be down here talking about Glacier Point oysters and how you know Alaska. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know what the water is like up there and and how it affects the oysters. It is so interesting. Do we have oyster stout again this year or no oyster nope. stout okay. this year? Summit will be around. Um. There'll be lots of beer to drink. Yep. Um. No oyster stout, but uh, a lot of Chablis. Oh of, yeah. Yeah, oh, know, okay, a lot, right. A lot of William Feb Shibley and Tattersall Distillery is uh, is uh, doing uh, stuff. We've got a big Bloody Mary bar because Bloody Mary. Oh yeah, Jake Carver, I think, or no, was it? I, I thought I thought I said Jake Carver, but okay. So here's the other thing: um, Scotch and oysters. You know, yeah, you know that smokiness is that really, is my is favorite. Really that cool. is one of my like put a couple drops of a good smoky like a Laphroaig and Aquavie. Yeah, and I just preferred too. like the smoky. Like I, I feel like Aquavit feels like a natural or something, but for some reason, Scotch surprised me that it went so well. Yeah, some of those PD Scotches, yeah, really, really pretty cool with I it. Love I per- love just a couple of drops of lemon juice and a yeah. about a half a grind of fresh black pepper. Yeah, I'm just lemon juice straight up all the time. All right, so let's talk again. Tickets are available for general admission, and then on the Meritage website, one of Rowan's classes is still and available. One of Rowan's classes uh, tickets will be available for that. They're going to go f- super fast. Yeah, so, if you're so interested, get in, get on it. And it's the 13th, and it starts at. Two o'clock, uh, two o'clock for for uh, general admission people. So, okay, yeah. exciting ninth year you got, and also by the way, the whole thing of of course, the most exciting part is the shuck off, which is where I get That's to MC right. and try p and like yell at people to shuck faster. Right. Well, you are the head mother shucker. I am the head mother shucker, and I want a t shirt. Dang it, that says that. I'm going to make my own. All right, thanks Russell for being here. Thanks, Steph. We'll see you guys. Awesome. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish, presented by our friends at El Barrito Mercado. Make sure you visit them for brunch Saturdays and Sundays at Minneapolis and also at St. Paul. 
And I'm just getting ready to write a spot for them. Catering season is upon us. If you've got like holiday things coming up, they'll do a whole Mexicanized Thanksgiving for you. Just give them a shout in St. Paul. And you can also pick it up in Minneapolis. Harmony Kaplan, who's with the Shop Girls, just poked her head in because she's here early for her show. And she said, I cooked. She's very <laughs> like proud. She needed to tell us that she cooked. Yes. You know, it is cooking season, Stephanie. I know it is. It is Crocktober! Is it Crocktober? Crocking! Instant Pottober. I made that one up. But my Instant Pot is also a slow cooker, so I feel like it both needs love. If you are someone that is on the Instant Pot bandwagon, or you're not, but you want to be, or you just want to know what the fuss is about, or if you have a slow cooker, because a lot of the Instant Pot recipes can be converted for slow cooker, you want to join the Weekly Dish Instant Potters Facebook group. It's a phenomenal group. It's like 5,000 people strong. They oh, yeah. talk about their recipes. They talk about their failures. If something's not working on their Instant Pot, they'll put it on there, and about 30 people will respond. I had the same problem. Here's what I did. Here's how you fix it. It's a really great group. Um, I for I got off the bus or the van, which is basically <laughs> a bus, and got home, and first of all, I had nothing in my refrigerator, so I actually cleaned it, which is always a very satisfying feeling. Yes. Getting rid of all the dribs and drabs from the summer and, you know, consolidating the half ketchups and the mustards, because I kind of have two houses, and then I get all of this stuff back in the one house. Yeah. So getting everything cleaned up and organized, and then I was just dying to cook. Because yeah. I'd made only one pot meals. So why I was dying to cook and come back to Crocktober and do more one pot meals, I don't know. Yeah. But I was. Huh. Vegetables. Yeah. I was just like, I wanted, I wanted chicken. I really wanted chicken. I don't even like chicken that much, but we had beef for like you a month. You had beef forever, so you were... And so I was like, yeah. I just want a piece of chicken. So right away, I found this awesome recipe um, from the New York Times, from your gal, Allison Roman, who mm-hmm. we like a lot. It's basically you cook two whole chickens on a rack over a bunch of onions and plums. And then I actually cut up an acorn squash into slices. You and put two chickens in a crock pot? No. Oh. Well, I didn't. Oh. I'm getting to the crock sorry, pot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I misunderstood. In a pan on a rack. Okay. And the chicken cooks and you rub it with sumac and lemon. I had to go to Penzi's to get sumac. But it all like gets jewy, jewy, jewy onto all the chicken juices. Yeah. And so the plum onion part makes like a fruit chutney. Oh. And then I had the acorn squash slices. So yeah. that was just the side. So that was awesome. But then I had all this chicken. Yeah. So then. Do you I have cracked. to do two? No. Okay. I may, you can make a half a recipe. Okay. But the idea is, is if you do two, because it's no harder to cook two. No. Then you have a whole rotisserie chicken that you've cooked. Or not rotisserie, but you know what I'm saying. Roasted yeah, chicken. Roasted chicken. So then I made um, chicken noodle soup in the crock pot. It's very soupy season, right? Yep. Then I made a green chicken enchilada. Mm. I didn't make it in the crock pot, but I made them. And then I was still not done because I still felt like cooking. <laughs> so I made spaghetti and meatballs in the crock pot and brought it to Ellie for dinner. Oh. So... I've been home three days and all I've done is be sick and cook. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but like I've cooked so much food. It's hilarious. Yeah. Now my food in my freezer is like totally full again. Yeah. But Crocktober is like so easy. If you haven't like get your crock pot out. It's the season. It's the time. I went to June last night, which is now reopened on Washington Avenue in the North Loop. Yes. It's a great Chinese dumpling house and they pull their own noodles. Szechuan. 
Szechuan, so good. They had this, like, all I've wanted is just, like, big bowls of soup. Yeah. They had this big bowl of, like, a beefy, briskety, noodley soup that was so delicious. Oh, yeah. So, Crocktober, I'm going to be crocking a lot and instant pottobering a lot. Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, are you, so are you doing this so that, like, you're leaving, you're doing it in the morning and then you're leaving? Or is this, like, because that's, that's the whole thing of, like... I guess that's what I think of why people have crockpots is so that they can do that. Yep. I do it for a couple of reasons. One, I just like cooking in the crockpot. It's comforting. It's warm. I love the smell in my house. Uh, Instant Pot is awesome, too. I've cooked a lot of things in the Instant Pot, and there's so many great cookbooks now for the Instant Pot. If I was a like mom who worked, and I was, yeah, it's your lifesaver. Like, I, my sister doesn't use a crockpot. I'm like, I don't get it. Why do you not get this? Like, if you just think it's gray meat, you're old fashioned in your thinking. There's so many ways to use the crock pot now and so many things that you can do. Yeah. I mean, for me, the Instant Pot has saved me. It's it's the time saver for me, you know, and, and I can't. Absolutely. But I'm not like an all day, you know, I'm not a huge crock pot fan because I feel like it's all yeah. wet and weird. But I do think like the, the ability to take a frozen piece of chicken and be like, I didn't think about what for dinner tonight until this very second. And I have frozen chicken. I know that's going to take me too long to just put it in the Instant Pot for seven minutes and it's done and then i can shred it and make other things yeah totally that to me is worth the price of admission and the other day i had both going like i had my crock pot was making chicken broth because then i had all these bones right from all the chicken that i made so that was making chicken broth and my crock pot was making the spaghetti and meatballs yeah so a lot of times i'm using both and it's just i don't know like something about fall just makes me want to crock and instant pot my face off well, I mean, and that's uh, so I and I've been making I've been cooking on my stove because I'm cold and because I want my I want my house. I want to heat it up with the stove, yeah. which is a flip from freaking Monday. I mean, like not even like seven days ago, it was 90 and I was like, no, don't touch anything. You know, it's funny because all the time I was on the road, it was fall and getting more fall like and I was in, in the, the mountains. other areas. Yeah. So yeah. I'm wearing my winter coat and a hat and gloves and. You guys are in 80 degree heat pretty much the entire month of September. So fall kind of came in like a banshee about yeah. five days ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, funny. it was up and down, but it was like, it's definitely, you know, it had it had gotten really nice and cozy. And then all of a sudden we got that 90 on that Monday that was random and evil. What do you think um, is the most like surprising thing you've made in the Instant Pot that you've just been like, oh, this is so good? Um, I don't know if I've been surprised. I mean, I haven't really taken it to the extreme. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't use inserts. No, I don't. And that's the thing is I look at these recipes and I know like our, our lovely friend, Barbara Lyons, who kind of, you know, is a really active member of our instant pot group. She, you know, they all have these like inserts and they have like these pans that they use and people are baking it or they make cake. And I just think, I don't, I don't think I'm there. I mean, I like it for what it is, and I and I I just don't think I'm ever going to put special inserts and make it that I do that way. I want you to try the spaghetti and meatballs. That seems strange to me because you literally put the spaghetti sauce, the meatballs, and then you put the like spaghetti, not cooked spaghetti, the dried spaghetti into the pot. Yeah, and you cook it all at once. Okay, it's really a fantastic recipe. Does your meat come out like you put in raw meat in there? Yeah. And it comes out yeah. gray-ish. But it's in sauce. So it's in you sauce, don't so you see don't it. care? No. Okay. All right. I it's might good. try that. 
And it's a really like for a weeknight meal for a family. Yeah. It's a great one. I mean, I'm yeah. And I, you know, the funny thing is I was making risotto because I was like, I wanted yes. stovetop risotto because I wanted the warmth and the smell in the house. Like I wanted it because on instant pot risotto, which is great and it's just fast and it's just, you don't, there's no it's like five minutes. Yeah. And it's awesome for that thing. And this is like, now I'm starting to feel like I'm in the beginning of the seasons of where it's like, now I want to be cooking and I want the time and I want the smell in the house. So it's kind of that int- I'm kind of like riding the waves of both of those. Do you do applesauce too? I've never made applesauce because nobody oh, eats applesauce in my house. I like applesauce, but nobody eats it except me either. Yeah, but I do I like it. Either instant not, pot or crock is fine. I don't. It's a weird thing. Like I don't have any. I don't know. Maybe that's my German mother. She never made us eat applesauce or something. I don't know. And I never. It's not part of my like personal tradition history. So do you eat yogurt? I eat yogurt, yeah. Because I think applesauce on yogurt is really yummy. Yeah. With just a little granola on top. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I was. So the Facebook question today is, what do you what are you excited about with apples? Oh. And that was one of the things of like, do people make applesauce? There's a lot of apple cake, apple compote for pancakes or pork or you know this kind of stuff. But I don't. Uh, yeah, like I don't. I don't think of applesauce ever as a thing that I do. You know how you love your bars. Yeah. Um, like your baked potato bars, your oh, cereal bars. Oh, that kind of bar. Not your, bars, no, but like a bar. Not bars. Not bars. Um, I saw on one of the, I think maybe it wasn't Food Network, it was another channel. They had a caramel apple bar. Yeah. So they had like where the kids dipped their apple and then they had all the sprinkles, sprinkles. and the nuts and the stuff. It yeah. looked really fun. Yeah. I thought that would be a fun thing for a party. That would be a fun thing for... By the way, I have the Germans here this weekend. My mother's sisters, the Tantas. And... uh, Is that how you say it? Tanta. Yeah, that's aunt. Like, if I say aunt honey, it's Tanta honey. And Tanta... is, is that... That's aunt. That's German for aunt. Okay. So like Tanta Honey and Tanta Yanni and Tanta Ola, although Tanta Ola is not here. But so it's... Uh, so my mom's two sisters and um, so I'm cooking for them tomorrow. I'm making them and I was just trying to think of what I should do with apples. Like what should I make? I don't know. Oh, there's a delicious plum buckle recipe that's from William Sonoma that's... It's actually a cake. Yeah. But you make it in a springform pan and you press the apples on the top of it in like a concentric circle. It's fantastic. Ooh. And you want to get kind of a juicier apple. See, but I think my mom is making the dessert. So I think I'm, okay, I'm looking so not for like, like tart to tan because that's well, good so too. We have some pork from, you know, like a, a couple of good pork steaks from a heritage hog. I think maybe. Pork steak, yum. I know. Like I'm thinking like, like a gin- instant pot compote. I'm thinking like a ginger apple. Yeah. Like a spicy ginger apple, like a cayenne ginger apple compote. Like a chutney. Yeah, I guess it's a chutney. Yeah. Huh. I could do that in the Delicious. Pot, right? Yes, you could. Fast. Yes. I don't know if I need to do it fast, but... Add some plums, maybe, just for a little more sweetness. Yeah. Because the apples are probably kind of tart. Yeah. Interesting. Cardamom, allspice. I got to tell you, you know what I am making tomorrow is pumpkin dip. Oh, so it's pumpkin dip time. I am going to post a photo and, and a new if you're you know, a, recipe of the a pumpkin new listener dip. for 12 years. Stephanie <laughs> has a famous recipe. I am. I'm famous for the Mountain Dew apple dumplings. This is true. And Stephanie's famous for the pumpkin, pumpkin dip. dip. It is Gruyere cheese. Oh, it's bacon. Totally. So many things in a pumpkin. All in a pumpkin yeah. baked. You'll find it out. I'll post it on Sunday. Don't ask me for it now. OK, and it'll be so delicious. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know what else I saw? Uh, maybe we should I'll tell yeah. you when we come back because yeah, I that? saw another recipe that I thought would be really good and easy to make for a party. Oh, okay, let's do it. You're listening to the Weekly Dish presented by our friends at El Barito Mercado. We'll be right back. But we run our course. 
Hey, welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are so glad you were here today on this soggy Saturday with us. It's been a lot of fun. I'm so glad that Hanson is back. I gotta oh, tell you. that's so nice. Not just because I can finally post links while I'm in the show. <laughs> But because I just, I missed you. I missed us. So. I It's funny. I did say. too. And I had, I had this great intention that I would podcast while I was on the road. And I brought <laughs> all my equipment. <laughs> and then I did a podcast with Kurt in the van. You did? I didn't hit record. Oh, But hey. we did it for like 40 minutes. Oh, God. And he gave us all the goodness of him. And we got done. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't record any of this. And he goes, I'm too exhausted yeah. to do that again. Like to just talk for 40 minutes is exhausting. Hello. And it made me laugh. Hello. I was like, see, mm-hmm. it's not as easy as it looks. Thank friend. you very much. Right. Um, okay. You said you have one more recipe that you would love to for some, for people entertaining or something like that. Oh, okay. Remember good. That? Thank you for reminding me of yeah. it. Here's what it is. And I actually saw this woman do it in a video and I was like, oh, that is a good idea. Your dish, whatever your dish is, your pretty serving dish. Yeah. Your hunks of feta cheese. Hunks. Like, not you take the yeah. big square and you just break them up into big hunks. Okay. Black olives, green olives. Okay. Thyme. Okay. Rosemary. Yeah. Take the rosemary off the woody stem, but leave the thyme kind of whole. Sprinkle a few leaves so it's pretty. Okay. Lemon peel. Okay. Olive oil. Sure. Bake it. Oh. So there's just, it's baked feta? Yeah. With stuff? Yeah. And it's just kind of, you serve it with the sliced baguettes. Or pitas. Yeah. And it's just this sort of ooey, gooey, salty, yummy. I'm freaking down. Oh, so the salt peta- and pepper too. Okay. So this, the it's kind of just like, yeah. it doesn't like melt into a goo, but it kind of gets soft and like It gets soft powdery. and warm. <gasps> Isn't that? Stop it was so it. What simple. What if I also had hummus next to it? And then, you know. I, okay. Someone good. was saying. Sorry. I don't mean do to. Do you yell. make your own hummus? You know. I read a recipe. I read this whole article about. I think we've done this on the show, like where I was like all about making my own hummus, and I tried a bunch, and then there I read an article that was like these are the things you don't need to make yourself because they're not better. Yeah, and hummus was one of them, and I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. The, I've tried. I have jars of tahini in my home, and I make it, and then Jake's like, "This tastes weird," and then nobody eats it, and so I'm and like, the tahini is more expensive than just buying the hummus already made. But it's it's well done. I know. I don't. I kind of have this dream of making perfect hummus, and I for some reason I can't do it. So whose do you buy? I I I cycle. I cycle through. I try everybody's because I want to try them all. I get Holy Land a lot because they're local, and then I get Cedars, and then I do all sorts of stuff. But there's one that has a lot of canola oil that I don't buy. Oh. That's more of a major I try producer. To do, yeah, I know. I try to get as you know as like least processed as possible. But um, the other thing they said that's not worth buying, hmm. and I just could this. I was like, there's no way chicken broth. They were like, just buy it. It's so much easier. Um, I'm a, I'm on both hands on that. I do buy it so that I have backup because I seem to never. I seem to assume that my freezer is full of chicken broth and it kind of because mine is. Yeah, yours is. <laughs> so you feel like it's yours, or like I've made it and it's like, oh, that was that was a month ago already, and it's been in my fridge, and so then it's bad. You know what I mean? Like I I have a weird process, or I come home and it's already it's frozen and I need it now. So I have I do have boxes of broth, but that's you know. I also will always make it. Um, hey, let's get let's talk about what's going on this weekend. Yeah, because there's a ton of stuff happening. I wanted to call out Red Wagon Pizza's fifth birthday party. Circus. Peter Campbell. Oh my God, they're having a huge circus in their parking lot tomorrow on Sunday. 
Um, and they're it's just basically go and hang out. They've got pizza, they've got beer. Fulton is there, um, and they they're gonna have like you know unicyclists and jugglers and crazy stuff and good DJs. It's gonna be a great party. It's supposed to be great tomorrow, by the way. Yes, for the marathon. Yes. What do you think about that? Are you glad you're not running? I'm glad I'm not personally running, but I will be out there. It's like the triumph of the human spirit. Yeah. I can't not watch people running for their lives. Yeah. And I always watch right about the university club. Well, so. because you're, it goes right around your neighborhood. Yeah. So you can and I just over. feel like it's so, if you've never run a marathon, it's really hard. And, and all these people do it and it feels a, great to watch. Yeah, it is. I've 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 been a marathon cheer. I will never run a marathon. I already know that about myself. But I do love cheering people on for it. It is it's super fun. magical. And I've jumped in and run with a couple people over my lifetime. And that's fun to just kind of give them a chit-chatter. Yeah. And I can run for like two miles with them or something like that. That's always good. Um, so good luck to runners tomorrow. Seriously. Yes. Like kick some butt, ladies and gents. Um, Centro is having their Festival of Corn I think it's today, isn't it? Is it is today. Yeah. So that's kind of a fun one, too, over in Northeast in the parking lot. And they are doing celebrating corn with tamales and elote and all sorts of good stuff. That's exciting. Corn. Our friend Jen loves corn. Yes. Corn and corn dogs? Just corn? anything Just corn. corn. Anything corn. I know. Um, speaking of things that have happened while you were gone. Um, a lot of restaurant openings and I mean, some closings. Yeah, and- there was... God, there seems like there was a ton of closings. And I kept waiting for, like, the big, what is happening thing. And it's funny, it never sort of... It didn't really pop up yet i don't know i don't know i feel like with all these tariffs on food and the small farmers struggling and the minimum wage and healthcare, like we're just in a really hard time for restaurants (laughs) in the next couple of years yeah and i next week i want to have someone to talk about the tariffs please so we can talk about what that how that's going to affect cheese shops i'm hoping ben roberts from french 44 will come on he doesn't know that i just put that out there um a couple things libertine in uptown has closed bye i know so good okay. in the beginning. Bye. Yeah, bye. Elephant Bar in Lower Town is closed. Sad about that because I, I never went. But that location is horrible. I They put a lot of money into it, too. And I don't even know. It's like it was the old Hoogie. 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 Coffee shop. It's right off Which the light used rail to be line. A but there's like nowhere to park. Yeah. No, it's you hard to see. It. Yeah, that that's that that's rail, a horrible location. That rail line going up where it causes all sorts of panic. Yeah, I just and I live in St. Paul and I'm excited about what's happening in St. Paul. And I wanted to get to that place because I think he is a talented chef, but I never did. Yeah. And it may reopen, but apparently Lucas is done. He's out. So uh, New Bohemia seems to be imploding, too. Like they closed their original location, then they closed Uptown, um, which is, I guess, great for Famous Dave's, which is going back into Uptown in that spot with a different sort of thing. So that's I don't know. But then there's things like Tori Ramen, you know, Chicago Taste of 30 Coming clothes, back. And then Tori Ramen takes the spot. So, like, In there the, is a cycle of life. What's that? It's like a dining car. Yeah, it was a train car. For, yeah, it's uh, cool. For It was Chicago Taste of 30, right? Yeah. Right by Pajarito, right across the street. Yeah. And then there's things like Applebee's. I love the kids who, you know, Whiskey Inferno and Bourbon Butcher. They are people who take over Applebee's and make them into something way special. I love that. And they are putting a tequila butcher, you guys, into Chanhassen for my We Sub crew out there. I want to say we are going to have some Mezcal peeps.
That is exciting for me. I was at a mezcal bar and I thought about you. Oh my god! I, I love was it. like, can you please give me some mezcal that's not smoky? Oh. And they just Hansen. gave me the face. Yes. I know. I know. I would just like yes. No. Come on. I like tequila, but they did give me the face just in case you're wondering. All right. Well, there we go, kids. Thanks for joining us today. Check out our podcast. That'll ha- we'll release a new episode on Wednesday. It's Weekly Dish Second Helpings. Ciao, ciao. This is a summer to stay connected, locally. From the pandemic to protests to the upcoming election, there is so much information to take in. And on PodMN, you can access hundreds of Minnesota-made podcasts on one app. Current events, health information, political talk. Plus, you'll find podcasts about sports, true crime, and more. PodMN also comes with listener rewards. In July, you can win gift cards to local restaurants, shops, and more just for listening. Download PodMN on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. Minnesota podcasts live here.